First Timothy chapter three, very famous, famous verse, very famous uh, scripture of the, uh, of the Word of God, and uh, we're going to read this together. Let's start up at verse fourteen. Let's start up at verse fourteen. First Timothy, First Timothy chapter three, verse fourteen. I got to singing so loud, I threw my voice out a little bit. Praise God. I get excited, man. When I start praising Jesus Christ, I got to get right in there with you. And I'm not thinking, man, I'm about to have to get up there and talk a little bit. These things write unto thee, hoping to come up, come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And that kind of goes back to a little bit. That verse 15 says, you know how you oughtest to behave thyself. It kind of goes back to my teaching on tattoos this morning in Sunday school. I gave a couple of verses and basically sat around for 30 minutes saying, don't do that. Don't do that. You ought to do that. Don't do that. You know better than do that. You know, it's like, I don't know what else to say. Uh, when I was raising my kids, my wife, would, she'd say, you're just no nonsense. And that's kind of way I am. I'd say, you know not to do it. Don't do that. And if you do it, I'm going to have to spank you. So don't do that. You know, just... It's just, that, that's really what that Paul's saying here. That thou mayest know, know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. But verse 16, we want to focus on verse 16. And without controversy, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, Believed on in the world, received up into glory. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you. I thank you, Lord God, that you came down and manifested into uh, the body of Jesus Christ, Lord. I thank you, Father, that he is the Son of God, Lord. It's him walking... Him walking around as you walking around, Lord, and I thank you for that, Lord, and I thank you for the, the, grace, the greatness of your, your word, of your Bible, Lord God, and I pray this morning, Father, that you'll send a holy manna down for us to feed on, Lord God. I pray we might be able to drink from those living waters, Lord, and be, be quenched, and Father, I pray, Lord God, that Jesus Christ will be glorified and lifted up in every way, Lord, and I pray, Father, you'll bless these people that come in this morning to, to read your word, to, pre, to, hear, to hear your word, to, to, to know more about you, and Lord, I pray, Father, you bless them, Lord, because they can be anywhere else but they chose to come out here Lord God and I pray Father that you would meet among us I know you're here Lord with us but Lord I pray you teach us through your Holy Spirit Lord God lead God and direct us in Jesus Christ holy name I pray amen so I want to preach a sermon on the was and the was nots of the incarnation the was and the was nots of the incarnation what you'll find out about the Lord God is sometimes it's just as amazing or you can learn just as much as what God didn't say as what he did say like what's a, what makes Genesis the account of what Moses gave of the Genesis account of creation is, is that what, when you have Moses given that Genesis account, he could have said a million things. But what he did say, and he didn't give a lot of an account of that, right? He didn't give a lot of details, but the details that Moses did give line exactly up with what we know with scientific fact. In other words, Moses, what Moses didn't say, which a lot of religious books try to say, like the earth is on a turtle and this, that, and another. And Moses just gave it out. And what's amazing about that is what he could have said and he didn't say. It would have messed the whole thing up. So what you have with God sometimes, you got to look at, I know what he's saying, but what could he have said that he didn't say? 
And that's what we want to focus on this morning is there's the was and the was nots. He was this, but when you see that he says he was, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. We're going to look at the opposite of that on some of these and say, okay, he was this, but he's not that. And that's just as important to know and to learn as of what he was. Now, first off, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Now, he says there, Paul says, there's no controversy about this. It's great, a great mystery that God, up in heaven, comes down and dwells and incarnates himself into the body of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was given to, to us through Mary. And then he was born. And then as a little kid, he, he, was, he was raised. He's growing. He's growing. He's growing until he's 30 years old. And he starts his ministry. Guys, that's a great mystery. Because when you think about that and you meditate on that, Mary is changing the very diapers of God. And it just, it's unbelievable to think about that. So it's a great mystery. We can't explain all of it, but we know it's true because Jesus Christ, through his whole ministry, that's one reason they were out to get him. Sometimes they were out to stone him because he made himself out to be God. And then he said, why are you trying to stone me? And they said, because you're making yourself out to be God. He was. He never shied away from that. No matter what the Jehovah's Witness tell you, he never shied away from that. He always talked about himself as God walking around in the flesh. So here we go. God was manifest in the flesh. First off, if you have another version of the Bible, which is not really a Bible, but if you have another version of what they think is a translation, uh, it's going to say, He was manifest in the flesh. Now that takes away Jesus Christ's divinity. Because it says there, our Bible says God was manifest. And guys, I'm going to tell you something. Whatever you do, don't go and study this out for yourself. Because if you go and you look at the manuscript evidence to, to, that for them to change God to He, it will, it'll make you mad. Because they're hypocrites. Because you get all this weight of evidence that says it was God manifesting the flesh. And they take this little bit of evidence here and say, oh, it should be he. And then they translate it as he. Now, why would they go and do that? Because they want to demote the power and the man of Jesus Christ. Amen. They don't like Jesus Christ. And any chance they get to demoting, they will. I was listening to a testimony of this Jehovah's Witness woman that eventually got saved. But she, was in, she grew up in the Kingdom Hall Church. And her first time, she went with a friend to an evangelical church. And this is what her testimony was. I went to church, I sat down, and I, I kept thinking, why are they talking so much about Jesus? Why are they talking so much about Jesus? What did he ever do? <laughs> that was her testimony. And, of course, she ended up getting saved, and she knows now he did everything. It's all about Jesus Christ. But God, that's Jesus Christ, as God was manifest in the flesh. This isn't the only verse to prove the, de the, the deity of Christ. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, capital G. So Jesus Christ is God, He's walking around as God, and He's God was manifest. Manifest, that word manifest means to make plain, to make open, to show, to show you. He's showing you, He's showing you God. God was manifest in the flesh. Notice it's in the flesh. Jesus or God was manifest in the flesh, not in the spiritual sense. Okay. In the flesh, physically. You got to grab a hold of that. It's physically. He, God was manifest in the flesh. Because you'll have some religious people say, yeah, Jesus, like they, think, they say this about Buddha too. 
Jesus was a teacher from outer space that he came down and he drifted down and he had the body of an alien. He had the body of an angel. He had the different kind of body. No, Jesus Christ had a body just like mine and yours. And you've got to remember that. He was like me and you in the flesh. And you read this all through the scriptures. Jesus Christ got sleepy, Matthew chapter 8, verse 24. Jesus Christ got thirsty, John chapter 19, verse 28. Jesus Christ got hungry, Matthew chapter 21, verse 18. Jesus Christ even had to pay his taxes. Yes, your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had to pay his taxes now. Well, how did he pay his taxes? He told Peter, now go out there, catch a fish. The first fish you, fish you catch, pull it up. It's going to have a gold piece in his mouth. Take that gold piece and pay our taxes. He had to pay his taxes. And I know what you are thinking. Well, I don't get to pull a fish out of the lake. and you know, God don't do that. For <laughs> you know what? Maybe you need to do what Jesus Christ did and what Peter did. Turn it over to the Lord. Maybe you need to let the Lord pay it. So, well, I don't, try it. Instead of the first time you see a bill, instead of the first time you see some bill coming in that you don't know you're going to be able to pay, instead of saying, I wonder if I have enough on my MasterCard, I wonder if I have enough on my Visa card, I wonder if I have enough on my Discover card, instead of thinking about all these different ways you're going to pay it, why don't you say, you know what, I'm going to let the Lord handle this bill. Get down on your knees and pray, Lord Jesus Christ, we, I can't pay this bill, I don't know how I don't have enough money in the bank, help me to find a way, Lord Jesus Christ. And pray. Now, you know, the Lord's going to bless those that bless themselves and do for those that do for themselves, but sometimes you've got to get down on your knees and say, Lord, I can't do it, you're going to have to do it for me. Let the Lord work. Well, he's never done nothing like that for me before, maybe because you've never asked him. You've never allowed him, you never let him do something for you like that. I know Brother George Roberts, God bless him, he's gone on to heaven now, praise the Lord. But when he was in this church and he was sitting, I remember one time that uh, Linda, I mean Linda, that Carolyn told me, Carolyn said, man, we had this bill come in, this insurance bill come in, and it was way more money than we had to pay it. And I, I turned to George, I said, George, look at this bill we got in. And, and George said, my Lord, take care of it. <laughs> and she said, I'm so mad at him for saying that. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he's just so nonchalant about it. He doesn't care. He, he doesn't have a care in the world because she was the one paying the bills. <laughs> He said, he doesn't have a care in the world. And, you know, she write all the checks out and made all the bills out. But he's like, oh, the Lord take care of it. And she said, you know what, Brother Keegan? It wasn't a week later. We got another check in the mail from somewhere else that covered that bill. Amen. She goes, I just looked over at George. Well, you got your bill paid. Well, I told you the Lord take care of it. <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to have some faith. I mean, guys, I mean, it's, that's the hardest thing for me. I grew up uh, with a single mom, so I, and I got out of the home really early at an early age. I always had to take care of myself. My mom passed away at an early age for her and for me. So I, I was, always felt like I never had a, a, a safety net. So I always felt like you got to go to work, you got to pay your bills. So I always was trying to take care of myself. It was the hardest thing when I became a Christian, when I got saved, to start thinking, okay, Lord, you're my father. I'm your son. It's your job to take care of your son. I'm going to turn some of this over to you. And stop worrying about it and fretting about it and uh, getting stressed about it. Just turn it over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, he was just like us in the flesh, not spiritual. He didn't come out of some special spiritual being that didn't get hurt, that didn't get hungry, that didn't get thirsty. He got all those things that you deal with, he dealt with. Look at Hebrew, keep your hand here, but look at Hebrews chapter 4. This is, the main, this is one of the main beauties of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is that you've got a God in Jesus Christ that can understand what you're going through. Praise God. 
He understands your hurt. He understands your pain. You say, well, I just lost my loved one. My loved one just passed away. Jesus Christ had loved ones that passed away. Remember when he went to Lazarus? It said that they were all weeping and crying and that Jesus, shortest verse in the, shortest verse in the Bible, it said that Jesus wept. He was touched. He was touched. He was really touched by that. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. Look at verse, uh, look at verse 15, 14. Look at 14. Let's go up and get context. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, that's what we're preaching on this morning, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You don't have some guy that's up there, a pastor or a preacher, or even if you're a Catholic and you have some priest that doesn't understand what you're going through. Can't, you know, you say, oh yeah, I'll be praying for you. And then they turn around and you're bawling your eyes out and you're hurt and you're like, man, my pastor don't even care. He didn't even say a prayer with me. This ain't that Jesus. Amen. This is the Jesus that when you shed a, shed a tear, he's shedding a tear. This Jesus Christ cares about you. The Bible says to cast all your care on him for he careth for you. Sometimes we forget, hey, when nobody else cares for you, Jesus Christ cares for you. I was talking to a, a young man at a, at a flea market yesterday. I love flea markets. I was talking to a young man at a flea market yesterday there in Abilene. It's like a little indoor flea market. I was talking to him, and we got, I got to witness to him a little bit. And he said, yeah, my mom just passed away. He goes, I'm doing okay, but there's some nights I, I don't think anybody cares. And he was getting emotional, and I don't blame him. He's getting teary-eyed. He says, I just said it sometimes at night. It's dark and it gets kind of late at night. And I think nobody cares. Jesus Christ cares. I can say that. Anybody in this room should be able to say that. Hey, I don't know, I don't know what you're going through, man. I'm not sure. But hey, Jesus Christ cares. And I went on to give him the testimony that, hey, Jesus Christ, the best thing ever happened to me. I don't know how people get through this world without Jesus Christ. Because he can be touched with your feeling of our infirmities. You're, you're in, you have an, it's an infirmity. You got problems. You got issues. Infirmity with the filling of our, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. The only difference was he could he could conquer the sin. He could beat the sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and to help in time of need. When you approach approach that throne of grace, you're approaching the Lord Jesus Christ that walked on the earth, that knows what it's like to be tempted like you're tempted, knows what it's like to slip up and fall and to see what sin can do in a man's life. That's that Jesus Christ. And when you come to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I know, I understand. He's going to be there for you. You're not approaching the throne of condemnation. You're approaching the throne of grace. Man, and you're approaching it through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, the Lord was uh, manifest in the flesh, not in the spirit. It wasn't a spiritual manifestation. And that's so wonderful. That's so wonderful to everybody in this room because we're all human. We all have problems. We all know what it's like to be hurt, to be sleepy, to be hungry. And so does Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He isn't some high and mighty philosophy. He's not some high and mighty guy that you can't touch. He's one of us. One of my favorite scriptures of the Bible it says that Jesus Christ was a friend of sinners. <laughs> I'm a sinner. I like that verse. I like that verse a lot. Look back at 1 Timothy chapter 3. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, not in the spiritual sense. In the flesh. And it goes on to say, justified in the spirit. Justified in the spirit, not in the flesh. 
justified in the spirit, not in the flesh. So he's manifest in the flesh, but he's justified in the spirit, capital S, that's Holy Spirit. Now, grab this, understand this, that Jesus Christ went through the world and he's healing people. He's healing the deaf, he's healing the blind, he's healing uh, the people that are lame. He's raising the dead in some cases. He's doing all these wonderful miracles. And that should show you, that should show you that he is who he says he is. But that doesn't completely justify him. In a justified sense. And this is justify you in a sense that this is the Son of God. This is God manifest in the flesh. Why? Because, guys, people have faked those same things out through the centuries. People have faked this stuff. And to this day, there's still preachers, I think, that do some, they do some of this faking. They do some of this faking. You can be fooled. And Jesus Christ said, some of these, th these things I'm doing for you, these works I'm doing for you, these are signs for, to help you understand. And they, they'd come to him and they'd say, well, show us a sign that you're the Son of God. Show us a sign that you're the Messiah. And you know what Jesus Christ said? An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There's only one sign I'm going to give you. Like Jonas was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, so shall the, uh, three, day, three days and three nights in the heart of the well, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. What's the sign that everybody, what, what justifies Jesus Christ in the spirit, the resurrection. Amen. Let me give you the verse, Romans chapter 1. Let me give you the verse, because you've got to have the verse to so back it up. I've got to back it up, right? I've got to back up when I'm preaching. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 4. Paul's going to tell us that. Tell us that. Romans chapter 1, verse 4. Talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And declared to be the Son of God with power. He's declared to be the Son of God with power. According to the spirit of holiness. How? By the resurrection from the dead. That's it. Right there. How do I know Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Because He came up from the dead. You come to me and you say, well, I think there's many ways to God. Oh, really? Yeah, I think there's many ways to God. I think you can, if you're a Muslim, you can go through Muhammad. If you're an Asiatic, you can go through Buddha. If you are a Hindu, you can go through, they say all this. Here's the problem with that. Muhammad is dead. Stone cold dead. Buddha, Buddha's in a grave. He's in a grave. But Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. So when I pray, when I, if I was to say, I want to go to God, I'm going to go through Muhammad. Now I was to pray, try to pray to, to God, to Allah, through Muhammad. I'm praying to a dead man in a grave. And if I turn to Buddha and say, help me to learn how to be spiritual and to get oneness with the, with the universe, I have to pray to a dead set of bones. But Jesus Christ ain't like that. When I go and bow down my knees and pray to Jesus Christ, He's alive, therefore He can hear me. And he can be touched by my infirmities. And he can do something for, something for me in this present day. Amen. Not just, oh, he did something for me years ago. No, Jesus Christ died for my sins. But when he was resurrected, that says, hey, you died for my sins, but you're here with me today. And the Bible goes so far to say, he's not only here with you today, he's living in each one of you. In you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Man, those people that don't, they have no idea about the amazing wonderfulness, wonderfulness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They don't understand Him or they would never say that. He was justified in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Anybody can be justified in the flesh. 
That's why there's so many different religions out there. They start making up these ideas, making up these philosophies, making up these, and people follow them like lost sheep. Jesus Christ is the only one to come along and say, hey, I'm going to show you one sign. I'm coming up. I'm resurrecting. And everybody else is going to stay dead. I'm, even Lazarus, who Jesus Christ raised from the dead, Lazarus went back down in the grave. He's alive forevermore. He's God manifest in the flesh. He's justified in the spirit, not in the flesh. Let's look back at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Let's continue this on. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3, and without controversy, great, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels. Seen of angels, not just a man. This is what makes Jesus Christ very special. He's not only seen a man, mankind's seen him. Jesus had a lot of men that followed him. There's a lot of men that are followed by a bunch of other men. Jesus isn't special that way. And what makes Jesus special is that 2,000 years later, you still have millions of people meeting for a guy that's been supposedly dead for 2,000 years. The reason why there's so many people meeting is because he's not dead. <laughs> he's just not dead. But he's seen of angels, not of just mankind. What's what makes Jesus amazing is he has not only man followers, he has angel followers. Angels follow him. See, if you had a man come down and say, yeah, the, I, have, I have contact with the angels, and you've had men through history, prophets, false prophets claim, I've had contact with angels. This is Jesus Christ, and Je the Bible goes on to say that Jesus Christ not only has, he has contact with angels, he's above the angels. I'm about to show you some of this. He's above the angels. The angels fall down and worship Him. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. I mean, you can't get around it. Jesus Christ shows up and everybody hits their knees. He's the creator of the universe. He created those angels. He's their creator. And He has, He's not just seen of man, He's seen of angels. In John chapter 1, verse 51, it says, He saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open. That's just Christ talking. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus Christ said, you're going to see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You're going to see them coming to me. You're going to see them leaving me. You're going to see, he's Jacob's ladder. He's Jacob's ladder. Jacob's laying down and he puts a stone for a pillow and he looks up and he sees this ladder stretching up into heaven and he sees angels coming down and angels going up. Jesus Christ saying, I'm Jacob's ladder. I'm one, my feet are on the earth and my hands are in heaven. He's in heaven, but he's on earth. That's how he can do that. That's how angels ascend and descend on him. Guys, he's got one hand in your hand, and he's got one hand in God's hand, and he's putting us together. He's the mediator. And it's through his precious blood he can do that. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. It said he was seen of angels. Hebrews chapter 1. Not just of mankind. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. He was seen of angels. Not just of mankind. And you see that all through the Bible... Where he, uh, after he's in the wilderness for 40 days and tempted by the devil, you see the angels come and they minister to him. It says the angels ministered unto him. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1 that the angels 
their desire to look into those things that are preached to us, the gospels preached to us. Let me read it to you. It says, Which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which the angels, which things the angels desire to look into. They want to look into this stuff. They can't believe that God's doing this. What's Jesus Christ doing coming down? God coming down, living in the flesh. What's going on here? The angels are looking into it. They don't understand it. They understand that God is holy. And he's coming down to an unholy people and living among them. They don't understand that. But he was seen by the angels. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. Look at verse 1. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. That's what I just said to you. He made everything. Who being the brightness of his glory, and look at verse 3, and the express image of his person. Jesus Christ is the image of God. God, for the first time, look, for the first time God looks down from heaven, and he sees a perfect man, and he's seeing a reflection of himself is what he's seeing. He's manifest himself down into Jesus Christ. And upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, when he did it at the cross, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Being, look, look at verse 4. Being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. There's parts in the Bible where John is there and he's got a man shows up and some people say it's an angel, some people say it's, a, it's, a, it's an apostle or a disciple. Who, I, I, I'm going to say, let's just for, for, for uh, time's sake or uh, for argument's sake, let's say it's an angel. But the angel shows up and is telling John, showing John all this city and John hits his knees and he says, get up, don't worship me. Yeah. Don't worship me. Who are we supposed to worship? Jesus Christ. Why? Verse 5, for unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Those angels know, hey, this ain't just some kind of spiritual being. This ain't just some kind of Michael the archangel reincarnated or brought forth again. This isn't Gabriel. This isn't any kind of one of these powerful angels or seraphim or cherubim. This is the living God manifest out. In Jesus Christ, God manifests in the flesh. We should bow to Him. We should worship Him. We should honor Him. And they do all through the Scripture. And then some dumb man comes along and says, Well, Jesus wasn't that important. I don't see what the... There's many ways to heaven. You don't, know, you don't know God. And you don't know Jesus Christ. And I heard somebody say, Well, I don't think Jesus Christ said that you had to go through, you know, there, was, there wasn't many ways. I don't think Jesus Christ said there wasn't many ways. I think Jesus Christ was just showing us one of the ways. <laughs> you don't know what Jesus Christ said. Because he said, I'm the way. I'm the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Now take that, roll it up and smoke it. Wow. It's it, that's it. That's what Jesus said. I'm not just spouting this stuff off. I'm repeating what Jesus Christ said about himself. He is all these things. He deserves the honor and the glory. Amen. And he's willing, willing to die for you. Willing to die for you. It says there in 1 Timothy chapter 3, if y'all want to go back there with me, 1 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to start closing it up. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, 
Not in the spiritual sense. Justified in the spirit. Not justified in the flesh. Seen of angels. Not just of mankind. Preached unto the Gentiles. Not just the Jews. Praise God. See, what I've noticed about all these other... And I love to study other false religions just to see what's going on. And I really get deep into that sometimes. But what I've noticed that if you accept Muhammad as the prophet, you've got to act like an Islam. In other words, you've got to start dressing that way. You got, and if you're a woman, you better start wearing that veil. You better start wearing that whatever they call it. It looks like a hood or something. You, know, you, gotta, you start acting that way. If you're a Buddhist, you start looking and acting like, they want you to start looking and acting like, a, like an Asiatic. But what makes you, Jesus Christ very unique is you, don't have, you can be saved. It don't matter where you're from. And you don't have to change your appearance. All you do is you come down and Jesus Christ takes you just like you are and you're saved. Amen. That's why when you get in these missionaries to tell you all about this, they get over there and you'll find Chinamen that are saved. You'll find Ukrainians that are saved, Russians that are saved, Africans that are saved. Jesus Christ has them all over the, all over the known world. And they all look different, but we're all part of the body of Christ. It's amazing. It's preached unto the Gentiles, not just to the Jews. We're so lucky the Jews rejected Jesus Christ. We're so Because if you read the first of the Gospels, Jesus Christ says, don't go into the Gentiles, don't go into the Samaritans, just go into the lost sheep of Israel, just go to Israel, just go to Israel. And then when they rejected their Messiah, which God knew they were going to do, boy, we got in on it. And here comes the old dogs. Woof, 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 woof. And we start eating off the crumbs off the master's table. Woof, 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 woof. And God said, okay, my children don't want it, so I'll, go, I'll start feeding it to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take all you can throw down here to me, Lord. Because <laughs> I know the Jews are God's chosen people. And I know I don't deserve nothing. But God's willing to throw a little bit of scraps to me. And I'll be his dog. And he can be my master. I wish I was as loyal to the Lord as a dog is. You ever thought about that? You can, you, can, you can leave the house, leave your dog there, and you can be gone for a day, two days, three days, and here you come down the road, and guess who's there at the porch to meet you? And, like, and they're excited. They're not like, why'd you leave me? See, that's what a cat will do. A cat will do that to you. Like, you should have left me like that. You know, I know cats. Dogs, they're not like that. They're excited. Their tail's wagging. They don't care how you look. They don't care if your teeth are crooked. They don't care if your hair's messed up. They, they love you just the way you are. And they're loyal to you. I know they I saw a picture of a dog. They made a dog statue out there in Japan where this guy had left his dog there in this park. And the dog waited for him and waited for him and waited for him and waited for him. And I don't think the master ever came back and the dog just stayed there. So they made a statue out of that dog being so loyal. I dream of being that loyal to Jesus Christ. Lord, I, no matter what you do to me, I'm still going to be here. I might not understand it. I'm going to wag my tail. I'm going to be obedient to you. When you say sit, I'm going to sit. When you say go, I'm going to go. When you say roll over, I'll roll over. But how many times did the Lord speak to us and we're, we're worse than some kind of dog? We're like, we act like cats. I'm not going to do that. Y'all cat lovers probably hate me now, but... I don't hate cats. I don't hate cats, but the, the truth's the truth, right? Amen. That's why some of y'all love cats so much, because they're so independent. God doesn't want us independent. We're supposed to be relying on Him. 
He's seen evangelists preaching to the Gentiles, believed on in the world. Believed on in the world. It's pretty amazing, not just locally in Judea. Believed on in the world, not just locally in Judea. That's what makes it so amazing is that you can go to any part of the world and you'll find a Christian anywhere. Any, and it's amazing how you can go to any part of the world and they'll know that Jesus Christ and they'll know about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Believed on in the world and then finally received, received up into glory. It's what it doesn't say is so fun and so amazing and so great and so wonderful. It says he's received up in glory, not received down into a grave to stay. Amen? And I know I've hit on this a lot this morning, but see a lot of these, these, these false prophets and false gods and false religions, they have a God or a Savior that was received up into the ground. And that's where they're at. And they've stayed there all this time. Our Lord and Savior was received, in, received into the grave, not to stay, but to come out and show us, hey, if I tell you I've got eternal life, I've got eternal life. I like what he's told Martha. He said, do you believe in the resurrection? Yeah, Lord, I know. I know there's going to be a, a resurrection at the end days. I know, Lord. And Jesus Christ looks Martha right in the eye and said, I am the resurrection. That would bring goosebumps down. I am the resurrection. Lord, I'm hungry. I am the bread. Lord, I'm thirsty. I'm the living waters. Lord, I need somewhere to go. I'm the door. Lord, I, I'm about to die. I'm the life. I don't know which way to go, Lord. I'm the way. Lord, what's truth? I'm the truth. It just brings chill bones to think that he would look at you and say, I am the resurrection. <laughs> you got to get into Jesus Christ because he's received up in glory. Yeah. You want to go to heaven when you die? You better get in Jesus Christ. You want to go on the ground and die and be rotten away? That's where you go for Muhammad. That's where you go for Buddha. That's where they're at. That's where you go. That's what they're going to give you. But Jesus Christ is going to give you glory. You got to get in Jesus Christ. Look at the last three. Preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up in the glory. Do you, you've heard him preached this morning. I hope you believe. Amen. Hope you believe that Jesus Christ walked on the earth, that he died, he resurrected. Do you believe that? Finally, the last step, have you received him? He's preached to you. I hope you believe it. The last step is, have you received him as your Lord and Savior? You've got to take him. It's a free gift, but a gift can be denied. It can be offered and not received. So this morning we're going to give you an opportunity during the, uh, during the invitation. We're about to have an invitation. And we, as we sing this song, you're welcome to come on down here. And you can talk to me if you want me to open I'll open up a Bible and show you how you, get, you can have salvation this morning right now. If you need to come down, just get on the altar and pray about something between you. That's between you and the Lord. I'm no mediator between you and God, but I can help you through the Word, show you how you can get, be saved. But whatever you do... Don't leave those back doors without being right with God. And the reason why I'm so adamant about that, and, I, and of course I've been adamant about that all through my ministry, is I know we're living in the last days. And I can't promise you what tomorrow's going to bring. I can't promise you next week we're going to be able to meet up here. The government might come in and shut us down. I don't know what's going to happen. I know it's coming. Amen, it's coming. They're going to shut us down. You think we're going to keep preaching this word, this Bible, when it says what it says about homosexuality? You think we can do that? I mean, I, I, I just taught a little bit against tattoos. There's probably people already commenting on my... <laughs> probably I had five emails before I can get home. I already had an email about the Antichrist. 
Guys, whenever I preach against sin, it, it's amazing how people come out of the woodwork to email me, tell me how it's not sin. They're not going to let that go. So let's get right with God right now because we don't know where we're going to be scattered. But I know one thing, in the end, we win. And it's not because of me. It's not because of any Christian in here. It's because of Jesus Christ. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the Internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com.
And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.